Hi there, it's Joycelyn Wells. It's July 1st, 2020. Uh, there it is. All right. It's Joycelyn Wells. It's July 1st, 2020. Happy hump day. It's time for Joy Exposed. It's been two weeks since I uh, had my Joy Exposed moment. And so tonight's the night. So let's get started. Oh, that's me. I'm sorry. Y'all know my technology is horrible. <laughs> all right. So let's see. Let's see what we missed. First of all, let's not forget to start with three cheers of joy. So my three cheers of joy this week. Um, let me see what I'll start with. You know what? I guess my first cheer of joy is that I'm so pleased that I'm not afraid of learning, right? So I had to take this test last week and I had about a week to study for it. And I just dove in for a week and just studied hard and I still have to retake a piece of it, but, and that's okay. But to only study for a week and to have passed the majority of it, to gotten a passing score on the majority of it was definitely a plus for me. So I'm so happy that I still have that kind of um for learning new information. So really pleased about that. Uh, my second, oh, let me toast to that. My three cheers tonight is brought to you by a partial bottle of uh, Georgia on my mind. It's like a muscadine wine. I got it from the Georgia winery up in Ringo, Georgia. So that's what I'm drinking tonight. It was a full bottle earlier, but I was Wednesday drinking. So I only have a little bit left, so I'm gonna sip. So cheers to still loving or being, not being afraid to learn. So cheers to that. I hope you guys are drinking something yummy too um, and ready to share your three cheers of joy. All right, so that's the first one. The second cheer of joy is, I'm happy that I have some plans. Oh, I'm spitting. I've got plans beyond right now and I'm really excited about it because I'm starting to prepare for them like a, like a year from now or less than a year from now. And I'm really pleased that I have plans that I'm looking forward to that only really have to do with me, I think. So I'm kind of excited about that I have plans. I love looking forward to stuff. I love looking through stuff and I've got some solid plans and to help me with that, I've started buying little things to get me ready. And it's a year out and the stuff I'm buying may even be insignificant, but I'm trying, right? It's got plans. So cheers to plans. And remember, this is Georgia on my mind. And this cute little cup is um, it's from the Georgia winery. This was the tasting cup that they give you there. It was lots of fun. And I, I'll tell you about that in a little bit. So that's my second cheer of joy. My second cheer of joy was, my first was, still being able to learn and not be afraid of it. My second cheer of joy was I have plans. Like I have plans a year from now and I really have to work hard and dig in deep to make them come to fruition. So I'm excited about that. My third cheer of joy is, that I made it to July 1st in the middle of this fucking COVID. <laughs> so that's a cheer of joy that I have not been affected directly, like not me, my physical self by COVID. So cheers to getting this far in the pandemic and not getting it from somebody else around me. And I wanna hang on to that. So it's my third cheer of joy. 
and I'll probably wake up in the morning not feeling well. I'm going to be pissed the fuck off. So first year of joy was loving the idea, still loving the idea of learning or not being afraid to dive in and learn something new. The second year of joy is I have plans, I have plans and I'm working diligently towards my plans and the time is ticking every day. So I'm getting closer. I remember when Faceless Love and I first started talking about it and we had like 770 something days until the plan, right? So now I'm like less than a year. So less than 365 days, like so less than a year. I is getting closer. So I'm really excited about that. So plans, plans, plans. And then the third tier of joy was I haven't gotten the fucking COVID and I'm excited about that. So, and I know that it is affecting many people and I'm very grateful that not to me, not to me. I'm very grateful for that. So those are my three cheers of joy. And if you forgot, cause it has been two weeks, three cheers of joy, moments of self-celebration that have nothing to do with anybody else. Things to remind yourself that you are great that you are alive, you are moving forward. Three cheers of joy, those are mine. So hey y'all, I'm here. So July 1st, Wednesday, and I'm gonna tell y'all the truth, I'm gonna start off with this COVID. We have literally been on like house arrest. <laughs> we all have like GPS trackers in our phones so everybody knows where we are. But we've been on house arrest for since March, what, 13th? Second week in March, we, Schools are closed and we've been at home and now we're to July 1st. So that's all of April, all of May. And then June got kind of wonky at the end, right? The last couple of weeks, people were just like, fuck it. I'm going out anyway. And it, the numbers are now going back up. So we have crazy numbers all over the U.S. So bad. In fact, the U.S. is looked at so poorly right now that there are travel bans into Europe from the United States. So no one from the U.S. can travel into Europe. So we're officially looking like a wank ass third world country or some crappy country, right? That people are putting on restrictions on how we move because of the COVID, because we haven't been, done our due diligence. We haven't taken care of ourselves. We've had very poor leadership and stringent. Um, we haven't had a good leadership. And this is my daughter calling me. She knows I'm live. Sweet baby, it's Wednesday at nine o'clock. What do I do every Wednesday at nine o'clock? Are you on already? I am already. Oh, I didn't know it was exactly nine. It's, okay. it's after, it's 9.07. I was calling to give you good energy. Thank you for the energy. I love you. I love you, little bros. Thank you. I'm doing my little, trying to pull the gray highlights out of my hair with the silver and stuff. Okay, I'm getting on Facebook right now. Okay, love you. Bye. All right, so, oh, so now the United States is officially being looked at it like, um, like a third world country, nobody wants to let us come and play with them. So we have poor leadership. We don't have any stringent guidelines on what to do. And all of these things go with our rights, you know, our right to do, our right to do what we want to do. We can fight stuff. We're a democratic society. And you're saying that a lot in the news where people are like, I'm not wearing no damn face mask and I can do this and I can, okay, fine and dandy, but do that shit somewhere by yourself. Like the other people aren't affected. So that's got me a little wigged out because I feel like I've been doing such a good job at keeping my hands clean with my hand sanitizer and having my wipes with me when I get out of the car and get in and go through a door and my mask on. I feel like I'm handling the CDC guidelines pretty well of what to do, but there are people around me that are not. So I'm just kind of wigged out about it. I just found out that my, uh, 
uh, classroom mates, the uh, one of the teachers whose classroom is no next door to mine, he and his wife both have been diagnosed with COVID and they're both in the hospital right now. So that touched me and I haven't seen him since end of March, but that touched me deep because with it being July 1st and if school's starting back in what, five weeks, that means he probably won't be coming back to school in five weeks because he'll be recovering from the effects of the COVID. So this literally is changing the way people are doing things. And so I'm freaked out about the COVID. My daughter, you know, she goes and does her thing and I'm like, spray that damn Lysol. Don't, I don't, don't bring none of that near me. So I'm really wigged out about it. So it's out there. The numbers are getting crazy. Um, I saw a headline in the news that I didn't read where it says people were having COVID parties to see who would be, who could get infected with COVID. Now, you know, that's some crazy shit to be like, come to a party. We gonna, um, come to a party. We gonna get COVID wasted. <laughs> that's some dumb shit right there. I'll be like, forget you. I'm not coming in there. Like, that's crazy. So, um, yeah, but I'm just like, no, I'm not doing it. So that's going to be, this is a big deal. We don't know how it's going to end. All we know now is that it's July 1st and most of us are still alive. We don't know what the numbers are going to look like. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how school's going to move. We just really have no idea. We're just trying to figure it out day by day. Um, I was supposed to be in Italy today because it's July and I was going to go and I had to cancel that trip because of COVID. And that's understandable. I'm not stressing it, but I do miss, I was looking at my pictures from last year and I was a little nostalgic. And then I was like, oh man, thinking I wish COVID never happened or I can't wait to go back the way that it was. And then I thought about, do we really want it to fucking go back the way that it was? I mean, since the pandemic started, we brought so much spotlight to mistreatment of black and brown Americans in this country, Black Lives Matter. If COVID would not have happened, we would not have had the time to express our anger and disdain and frustration with the way black and brown Americans were being treated. Black Lives Matter would have just continued to be the minute headline that it was while everybody was busy doing their thing. So I had to pull pull back because I'm like, well, I don't want it to go back the way it was, but I am looking forward to the changes. I am looking forward to seeing what it looks like on the other side of this pandemic when people have to understand that their role within the universe is significant not just to other people, but your role in the universe as a whole. Like, what are we supposed to do here? How do we move forward? So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what it's gonna look like on the other side. I'm not reminiscent of the way that it was. Of course, some of the things will be the same and a lot of them will change. The way that we interact with people will definitely change. How frivolously we share ourselves in our space will change. It will make us draw some literal boundaries of who we are and how we move to protect our space so that we can be more productive for the universe. So I'm really, I'm looking forward to seeing what that looks like. I'm looking forward to seeing me on the other side of it. Can I be an effective leader? Will I be a good leader? What will my impact be in the classroom? What will my impact be in setting of academics? Like 
I want to see what I'm going to do on the other side of it. And I want to hold people to a standard of greatness and expectation of greatness, not just the words of it, but I want to be able to speak to people in a way that will propel them or help them to see there's something beyond the moment that they're in and there's something greater for them and the impact that they could have on the universe too. So, you know, those are, you guys know, you hear me talk about it all the time. I'm always trying to figure out what my responsibility is to the universe. Like, how do I move a nation forward? What do I contribute to moving that? And now we're in that time. We're in that time right now where we're trying to, it's chaos all around us. It's people who want to go out and party. It's people who are afraid to move. It's people who are moving because they have to. It's people who are struggling day to day, mentally, physically. This has affected everyone. And on the other side of this chaos, we have to achieve something that's going to be powerful and good for the generations that come behind us, right? We've got to be able to get to a good place that we are, we have done what we're supposed to do in our time. Um, so my birthday is coming up in August. So I have about eight weeks until I'll be 51. So last, it's been a year since my 50 years of joy. So I'll be 51. I'm really pleased about that because I feel good. Um, you guys know I struggled in April with that COVID, which had me fucked up in April. My mind was and I've managed to come out of it. May was my month of trying to get out of it. I refused to allow myself to stay in it. June has been good. And July is on, you know, off to a good start. And when I say good, I mean, I'm up and my mind is active and I have ideas and I haven't lost the desire to live or try to figure that out. Like I was in April when I couldn't do anything but drink and lay in the bed and watch TV. Uh, everybody was in that moment because it was a change for us. So we're trying to, I'm figuring out how to live in the COVID moment. I got a jump rope. So I can jump rope in my, in my room. I mean, in my bedroom outside by myself, you know, so those are kind of activities. I go walking by myself and doing my yoga and, and I have I missed sitting in a bar having a drink? Absolutely, I've missed it. I miss that. Like, I love talking to people. I love talking to strangers and sitting at a bar and having a cocktail and eating some boneless wings and meeting people and networking and conversing. Have I missed it? Yeah, I've missed it. But it's also not having that intrusion or influx of new people and new personalities has forced me to look at myself. And when we can when we can spend that time looking at ourselves and not pull so much value out of those sometime empty moments, then that's gonna put us in our place that we need to be to move forward within the universe. That's gonna be the thing to push us forward. So that's, everybody's probably been introspective at this moment. Everybody's trying to figure out what to do next. I get it, cause I'm trying to figure it out too. We're all trying to figure it out. So that's a the COVID, our numbers are crazy. Take care of yourself, wear your mask. They're readily available now. People talk about them. And you know, there have been people wearing the mask talking about they can't breathe in them. You know what? It's a fucking inconvenience. Sure, but so is being on a respirator for weeks, months. It's okay if you can't breathe for a moment. But trust me, surgeons have been wearing these surgical masks 
for years. They're not falling out in surgery, during surgery saying they can't breathe. It's a minor inconvenience. So is wearing a bra, right? We wear them, panties, inconvenience. Shoes, I hate shoes. I mean, I love them, the look of them, but to wear them, I'd rather be barefoot. So what? It's a you talk about you don't want to wear it because it's uncomfortable or then shut the hell up and just wear the damn mask. If it's going to protect people around you, wear the fucking mask. That's an easy fix. Like, that's easy. It's like wearing a seatbelt in your car. Maybe the seatbelt is uncomfortable. However, if you crash, you're not going to go flying through the windshield. That minor inconvenience was really worth it if it stopped you from sliding across the fucking pavement, right? So wear the fucking mask. That's easy. Don't argue with someone who's not wearing a mask. Don't even entertain them. Let their asses go off and do whatever the fuck they're going to do and tell them, don't talk to me because you might be COVID. You keep going. Don't give your energy to these negative situations, negative Nancy situations. Like somebody wants some attention. They're going to do something to get a rise out of you. Truth of the matter is, you give them your attention, it's going to make you vulnerable to whatever they're spewing, their energy, their thoughts, their COVID, their flu, whatever they have going on. They're trying to make sure that someone else is affected by it too. And don't do that. Just fuck it. Just go away from them. Keep it moving. Try not to engage with them and keep it going. If your job says that it's mandatory to wear a mask and someone tries to come in there without a mask, that is for your manager, supervisor, whoever, it's paid to handle those situations. You're an essential worker and you're there working your shift. Don't get in a fight uh, back and forth with somebody because they don't have on a mask. That puts you at risk of your life with somebody who doesn't even care about their own life. Why fight with somebody who doesn't care? You ever had friends or known people that have all these risky behaviors and you're kind of like, I'm not going to fuck with them. They're crazy. Don't fuck with them. They're crazy. They don't even care about their own life. So call, hey, call your manager, call your supervisor. Hey, dude, just walked in here. You got no mask on and you can take care of that because you don't get paid. You won't be compensated if you're hurt on the job because you're trying to do what you're what you're supposed to do but you getting hurt jeopardizes your family you getting covid jeopardizes your family the person who's responsible for running the place is the person to handle it and they will handle it they you know so i don't i'm not gonna do that i'm, I'm not gonna let i'm not interacting with anybody they don't have on a mask they don't even talk to me like i don't care what they're saying i'm out so we have to make sure we stay focused on us and getting through this damn COVID. Because at this time, we've all been to the grocery store. We've all been to the liquor store. <laughs> we plenty of times. Uh, we've all been to restaurants, drive through or pick up outside. And some restaurants are very firm on that. Don't come in this door. Don't even touch it. We will bring it and sit it on the table. You come get it. That's contactless delivery. We've all interacted with people. You just have to be careful with the number, the way that you interact with people. I know for sure I'm not going into Walmart. I'm not going to Walmart. It's too many people in there. 
and it's a mess. I'm sure it, I ain't even been in this a mess. I have gone into a Target, and tar, if you haven't been to Target, Target has this these targets on the floor that you stand on and they literally six feet apart it goes from the register all the way up the aisle down the middle aisle that people are spaced out in line and you know they follow the rules target is that targets one of the store that people follow the rules and stay on your stay on your target you move to the next one you move to the next one it's more of a, a rule conscious society i guess a rule conscious shopping in target than in the walmart or in some of the other places, I won't even just say Walmart, but in that's so Target was fine with me. So just know that if you sneeze, it affects five people around you and it affects five people that they're associated with and five and five, it'll keep you affect so many people, right? So just be aware of the power that you have in your body and how much of yourself you leave behind. And maybe that's a good way to look at it. You may not be able to see your, your sneeze or your cough, but we know that it gets out there and we know how much of our body, how much it changes, how we leave DNA everywhere we go, even when we don't sneeze and when we don't cough, we still leave pieces of us, right? So just be aware of what you're doing and how you're doing it. Um, I went into a humidor when I was in um, Marietta. Speaking of, if you smoke cigars, there's this little tobacco shop called This, That, and The Other. They have other stuff in there other than cigars, but they have a really nice humidor, but they don't have the overhead cost associated with the cigars, like the cigar bars, right? So they're not paying for that piece of it. They just have a humidor, really great selection of Perdomos, Cohibas, Gurkhas, um, oh, Olivas, tons of cigars, Romeo and Julieta, like tons of good cigars in there with, at really good prices. So that was, that's that. So if you, if you live in Marietta, it's this, that, and the other, it's on Cobb Parkway. <clears throat> but what I was going to say about that is that when I went in there, you have to have a mask. I had my mask, no problem. And you had to have a glove. I had my little wipe, my little antibacterial wipe I used for the door and all that stuff. And they were like, you had to have gloves. So they had gloves for you there. So it's not like you couldn't go and you have to put the gloves on and you go in there because they're minimizing even what people are leaving on the human, on the cigars. Cause you pick them up, you look at them, you know, you just kind of check them out, but they have that you need to wear your glove, wear gloves in there. So I thought that was really cool that they had it, um, the gloves available because I didn't have any. Um, and they're really taking care, great precautions in that store. Um, so that was cool. So I just was wanted to bring that up real quick. All right. So that's that. I'm going to wrap up with my COVID with that one. Other than take care of yourself. And we're in week number, let's see, April, May, June. This is 12 weeks plus two in March is 14. So 14, 15 weeks we've been in COVID right now. So um, we, this life, hey, our life is changing. It'll never be the same. And we don't want it to be the same. It's going to be great. And fortunately, I'm in the generation that gets to see what it was like before the pandemic and what it will be like after the pandemic. I'll be able to be in the middle of it to see what's going on. And I'm excited about it. I'm excited about the changes. I'm excited about we've, we're seeing so much corruption in our government. <laughs> 
Not, I'm not excited that there's corruption. I'm excited that we're getting to see it. Like the underhanded bargaining, the loopholes in the constitution, the man, it's so much out there that just because I think I'm, I always say, well, you know, I never experienced that. I didn't have to do that. So maybe I was sheltered in that. But when now that things are being uncovered and you realize we're living in like a faux Jim Crow era where there's still kind of slave labor happening because of crimes and the way that the prisons are set up. And it's, I, I didn't even know half of that. I, I, I'm learning so much every day and I'm, that's why I'm trying to figure out, as I said earlier, what do I do going forward? How do I affect change going forward? How do I make sure that the generation Z, Zers, the Zoomers, how do I make sure that generation gets what they need from me? Am I doing what I'm supposed to do to make sure that Gen Zs have what they need when they get here? That's how I'm trying to look at it. Because when you look back, if you look before the baby boomers, and you look at my great grandparents and the, that generation who fought for access to voting, fought for civil rights, for education. Did they do what they were supposed to do for me to get what I needed when it was time for, my, when, for me to come sit at the table? Now, what am I gonna leave so when they come to the table to sit, I've left them something to eat, that they will be able to move the nation forward, that they will still be able to facilitate that growth. And maybe, maybe that's the problem I have because I always say that I'm a thinker. I'm never satisfied with this moment. I'm not, I'm not complacent with existing. That's the easy part. I'm not complacent with existing. I need to bust this bitch open with whatever I'm supposed to do. And maybe that's why I think so much because I know that there's something so great out there. Maybe that's the scientist in me. Maybe it's the little bit of witchy in me. My son always says I'm witchy. Maybe it's the witchy in me. Maybe it's the fact that I recognize I'm directly connected to the universe and that every element that we can find abundantly in our universe, most of them are abundant in me. So maybe I recognize the connection between the science, the greatness, right, and me. So maybe it's that. I'm not sure what it is, but I know that I can't sit here at the table and just sit here. I got it. Something has to happen so that I can leave my seat for somebody else. So that is my, that's where my thoughts are right now. The children, the children, the Zers. That's it. Remember last month I had the young men on here. They were both Gen Z. So they were both Zoomers. And I wanted to talk to them to see as Black men, if they felt like they were inferior, if they felt like they couldn't because they were Black. I needed to have that conversation. And I didn't get to have my last two because of my technical issues. And then I was doing that crazy test. So like, I didn't get to have the last two. Maybe I'll work those in by summer's end. But I needed to hear from the young black men if they felt inferior because they were black or if somebody had told them that they couldn't. And they're both Gen Z and they're both like, no. But when I have the conversation with 
my generation, the men in Gen X, my generation, they will tell you that uh, their fears and ideas about white supremacy and why they can't. And they, so my generation feels it still, the men do. And we're talking men that are what, 45 to 60, they'll still, they are apprehensive about moving. And then you have the millennials who aren't really sure. They're just trying to figure it out, right? So then you get to the Generation Z, the Zoomers, and they're like, I'm supposed to have everything. Like, no, I'm not worried about any of it. And I like that. That's showing that there's still growth. There's still growth with every generation on what it's supposed to look like. And I firmly believe that the Generation Z, they will be the ones that have the woven fabric of cultures that America is supposed to represent. They will be the ones on the other side of the faux Jim Crow laws. They're gonna be the ones to bust this shit open. The uh, holes in the constitution, the hidden, hidden rules of the government, all of that blah, blah, blah. They'll be the ones to bust it open. They're gonna bust open the boys club. We're getting there. There are people there now and they're trying to figure out how to bust the boys club open, but they're just trying to do it by getting, um, by almost switching sides, like not being true to their own ideology by switching ideologies. Like I can get in if I'm like, if I assimilate. Well, the generations behind me, the millennials and the, gen, uh, the Zers, the Zoomers, they're not trying to assimilate. They're, they're not going to assimilate. They're proud of who they are and they're beautiful and they're strong and they're working together and they're brilliant. So they're not trying to, they don't even want to assimilate to the bullshit the parents are doing. They don't want to do that. <laughs> you know, like I think I read an article about Kellyanne Conway who works with Trump. Her daughter is a TikToker. That means she uses TikTok and she's like anti-Trump. So Kellyanne Conway works with the president. Her daughter is like, for people like she's like I'm we're not doing all that this is what's going to happen no more civil issues with the police and all this so even our children aren't following in the footsteps of the shit that we're spouting to them <laughs> they're brave enough and bold enough to say I'm not doing that and good for them good for them because my generation we followed the rule we followed what our parents said we our parents wanted us to do this, this, and this, and that's the shit we did. And then we're all lost because nobody gave us a rite of passage to play around and figure that shit out. And then you get to be 35 and you're like, I got to get the hell out of this marriage and I'm going to kill myself. You find yourself in this crisis of identity because the universe is calling you. The kid millennials and Zoomers, they don't, they're not going to have that because they're figuring that shit out right now. They speak up when they're mistreated. They speak up quickly when they're mistreated. We took it. You better not act up in them kids' class in this in their classroom. Don't have them calling me at work. We followed all the rules. And then when we did it, we got kicked out of school. And then you get caught up in the judicial system. You get kicked out of school. You're tooling around. You got your um truant officers they're running you back and forth to school you keep leaving because all these issues and then you get caught up in you got to go get arrested for this and you got to do this that's where my generation generation x 
that's where a lot of the people are. That's where a lot of the men have ended up because they were lost in that piece of the school. They were lost there. Well, here comes the Gen Zers and the millennials, well, the millennials first and then the Gen Zers. And they're like, I got this school shit. I got this school stuff so easy that I got an app on my phone. I can scan the question and get the answer. I can scan the question and a whole passage about it pop up on my phone. They're learning so damn fast. They're learning at a rate, an alarming rate that's greater than anything we've ever known. They got that on lock. We are the ones who struggled with it because we had a problem in the traditional classroom. Well, you know what? The classroom not gonna be so traditional no more, baby. Trust and believe when school starts back, that classroom is gonna be different, fucking different. It is gonna be different because we've had to recognize the way that people are learning. We've had to recognize what it looks like to separate from the mass of sheep moving we're no longer herding sheep right now we have some sheep doing their own thing they're going off wandering doing whatever we're no longer herding sheep right now we've got to individually take care of each and every child that comes and that's what we're seeing and that's why i'm so excited about this generation the tiktokers the zoomers and they're all like 20 19 and younger like them those are the ones i'm talking about because they are crazy they gonna do some shit we ain't we not even gonna think what they thinking and that's another thing about this pandemic this pandemic has forced the grown-ups the i called them the grown-ups because they're older than me the um boomers to use the damn technology it's also forced the gen xers to use the damn technology because techno the i use technology but i taught a lot of it was self-taught when i came through high school it was we had a business class and i was using a typewriter i could type my ass off too smith corona baby i got one for christmas one year i was a typing fool that tech that was the technology i used that was it this i'm talking on my computer to Hell, I don't even know how many people are watching. I'm typing on the, I'm list talking and people are listening to me. I would have the right letters to say this shit 20 years ago. But the kids now, they know how to use it. They don't have a problem with it. My grandbaby is three and will bring her tablet and say, Grammy, can you put this on? Can you plug this up for me? She knows it's on red. She needs to put it on the charger. She can use that, go to that YouTube icon pull up who she's looking for, close. You should see phone calls coming in. She can swipe those calls away like nothing. These kids are the technology and they're using it. So we're not going to be parents if you're listening. We aren't going to be quick enough to stop the kids from doing the shit they're doing. We're not. We have to trust them to do it and we have to teach them still basic rules and morals and what's wrong and what's right and to be good and focus on the power of moving in the universe and using your gifts. Those things we teach, but the decisions they make as far as what they'll do for business, how they communicate with people, we can't touch that shit. We can't touch it. 
I, what's the funny thing that somebody said, said to me? Uh, oh, on sat Saturday, I was talking about hitchhiking when I was little, how people used to hitchhike. I'm like, you couldn't pick up no hitchhikers. And we started laughing because it was like, well, you couldn't pick up hitchhikers, but now you get in the Uber. So you have all these rules. Don't answer the door when somebody knock. And now you have your food delivered to your door, you know, packages, whatever. So all of these things have changed and we have to change the way that we think about it. And we're, that's that my generation, we're the ones that's going to be screwed in it. Because if you're 50, if you're my age and you don't use computers or you only use, use your cell phone, you're not going to be able to talk to your children about the shit they do. If you're not trying to stay up on game with the kids, you're going to lose it. You want to take their phone away from them? Shit, you got to hang that up. Personal phones, that's what they are. You, you take their phone, I bet they'll get another one. And they're not going to listen to you because you've cut them off from the information and you don't have any information for them. You don't have anything for them to do. You read no books with them at home. You're not having any discussions with them because they doing this and you doing you. you better connect with them because they're going to amaze you. They're going to do shit and you don't even know. Speaking of uh, President uh, the president had um, a rally in Tulsa on June 20th, and it was supposed to be on Juneteenth, June, yeah, Juneteenth was June 19th, but he did it on the 20th, and they were bragging about millions. <laughs> all these people were coming to the rally, all these people were coming to the rally, and you know, at this point, we don't, we can't do anything but just watch it, fold, watch it unfold, because we know we know that this is a bad leadership situation for us. And we have to understand it's important for us to exercise our right to vote. We know that we have to do something. It's either like, I'm either gonna have an apple or I'm gonna have an orange. Don't, you can't choose nothing because one of them is gonna be chosen for you. You wanna have some say in the choice, you gotta make it, you gotta vote. So that's another conversation. Maybe I'll get back to it. Anyway, so they got this big rally plan in Tulsa and, all these people is he's going to set up two stages so he could speak to the indoor crowd and the outdoor crowd it's a whole big thing right and everybody's pissed because it's a pandemic it's a fucking pandemic how you want to get a million people together in a pandemic right so everybody's tripping and they wanted them to not wear masks and um sign a non-disclosure just in case they got COVID. So me, I was thinking, are people really going to sign a non-disclosure? If they get COVID, they won't sue the Republican Party, right? The GOP, right? So I just was like, this is crazy. If people are doing that, then shit, I can't touch it. Whatever. Whatever. That ain't even my argument to have. Anyway, so we got this whole rally People are camped out the night before. You know, it's a line of people out there, mixed crowd, white and black. No, hey, no judgment on me. None, right? So we got this line of people and they're waiting. Well, <laughs> day comes for the rally and it's like 7,000 people show up. And they're like, well, they didn't come because they were blocking by the protesters, but it was only like 100 protesters, 150 protesters outside. So that wasn't it. So of course, all of the reasons why had to start coming out. Well, remember I was just talking about the Zoomers, the babies. Those are the ones that don't give a fuck. They gonna do what they gonna do. 
So it turns out that the babies on TikTok are passing around this memo, however, in their lingo, whatever, go and reserve your tickets to the rally. We ain't going, but reserve your tickets. So <laughs> the babies have done this mass reserving, reservation of seats at the rally with no intention of going. So it was almost like, it looked like millions of people had reserved tickets, but they were ghost seats. Remember when um, 50 Cent did that same thing to Ja Rule, Ja Rule had a coupon, 50 Cent bought a whole section and wasn't nobody going in that section. That's what the Zoomers did to the rally. They bought up seats. They went in and reserved all the seats. It's a congressman that even said his son asked him about it. He was like, it wasn't a good turnout. And he was like, oh, because I got my hundred tickets. <laughs> he was like, what? And that's how he found out about it. So I'm telling y'all, we ain't got no, the only control we have over our kids who are in the, the Zoomers is that we teach them early on what it means to be good, what it means to be good, what it means to be fair, how to take care of themselves. We teach them that early on because when they're moving, they ain't thinking about our asses. They wreck and shop. And I mentioned it to my girlfriend, Carla, and she said her family did it too. So their Zoomers got them involved in it. Go reserve your tickets. So I'm like, I'm good with it because that shows the level of intuitiveness and responsibility that they feel for their country. They're going to get involved. They're unhappy. They don't like where this is going. They're and they're worried. You know, so many of these high school students took the pandemic to heart and they're at home learning to heart that they were just as diligent about doing those assignments at home as they were in school. This is serious for them. Their education is important to them. And they know that the education is gonna be the ticket to tomorrow for them. They're serious about it. We have to not have the conversations at home saying college isn't for everyone. Maybe it's not, but neither is prison. But people go who don't want to. The military ain't for everyone. Maybe not, but if you go and get through the four years, I'm not even gonna, where my thoughts just went, I'm gonna leave that alone for right now. You're still gonna come out with some kind of benefit to you. There's learning in everything. So maybe college isn't the way that you went, my generation. It may not be the way that you went, but it damn sure needs to be the way that your children go. Because every year the bar is getting set higher and higher and higher. And any child that graduates from public school that's not ready to move into something else is gonna be fucked up for a long time. And we are perpetuating a cycle of nothingness. Now, I'm not talking about getting your certificate and um, HVAC services or automobile repairs. Even in automobile repairs, you think every car company isn't moving toward an electric car? Do you really think that your hands-on learning 
to understand this car and get this certificate is going to be enough to put your ass in there dealing with those electric cars. That's not going to be enough. It's always going to be a boss. It's always going to be something, somebody somewhere making more money, making decisions. We got to give our children, the Zoomers, we not even give it to them because they're going to take it. We as parents have to allow them the space and platform to do what the hell they're going to do. We have to allow that. We can't clip their wings because we're afraid. We can't clip their wings because we didn't do it. We can't be afraid to ask them to show us how. We can't be afraid to ask them what they think. Oh, because they think. They think. We have got to encourage them to think. And that's what's so good about all of this. For me, a mom, I got, I'm the mom of two Zoomers and a millennial. And trust me, it's not many difference between the millennial and the Zoomer, the oldest Zoomer. It's not many years between them, but their access to information is different. Their, how they wanna get it and how they're getting it is different. And I recognize that. And they're only two and a half years apart. So I have to be, as the parent, I have to be aware, and I've said this before, God gave me everything that I needed to be able to give my children. The caveat to that was I couldn't stop fucking growing. I can't stop growing. I've got to grow. Because if I don't grow, I can't give my children what they need as adults. I'm not talking about money, clothes, a place to live. I'm not doing that shit. Y'all already know. Get the hell on, grow up. I'm talking about conversation and being able to see what they're seeing or at least allowing them the opportunity to talk me through what they're seeing. I've got to grow to that. I can't be rigid in my thought processes. I can't be rigid in that because if I am, it limits what they're going to do. I've got to be open to the growth of them. And that's our role as parents. So when we're talking about our children and what's coming for them, we better get fucking ready because they not playing. They are not playing. And I applaud every person, every grown up that's been in tick on a TikTok video with their kids <laughs> who had to learn this technology in this pandemic, download apps, Zoom calls. Oh my gosh got on your Zoom call. I, I applaud every adult that did something new with technology during this damn pandemic. I applaud every one of you to think I need to upgrade my phone. I need to change the bandwidth of my Wi-Fi. My Wi-Fi not working. What can I do? Every question you had to put you in a different place technology-wise, I applaud you. Good for you for figuring that shit out. Because we can, we fit, I'm 50, so I'm moving right along. But it's so many people in my age group that don't use technology. They're afraid of it. They think they're gonna break something. They won't even do it. Only at work, whatever they're supposed to do at work. They can do that. They've been trained to do that. But to branch out on their own and do something, they're not doing it. I have, um, talked about 
the way that I move and stuff that I do. One of the things that I'm not good at is telling where I am and what I'm doing. I'm not good at that because I feel like it ain't nobody's fucking business. So it's not that I'm secretive or private. It's just that I literally see myself as my own entity. So my daughter, my daughter, my oldest daughter and my son would ask, you know, where are you doing? Where are you? Where are you going? And I'm like, oh, I'm here. Well, I didn't know. I didn't know you were going to be in Connecticut. I didn't know you were going to be in New York. I didn't. So they would ask me and I would be like, well, I had to go do this. I had to do this. And, you know, I'm going to, you know, so that was a constant conversation with my kids because I moved. Like I just, I always have, I would go hiking or whatever and get up and go to the store early in the morning or the middle of the night. Like I always move. Well, Jasmine, my youngest daughter decided she wasn't going to ask me anymore where I was because they were, I guess that's a conversation she had with her siblings. She decided to go on my phone and turn on my location services and give access to her, Joya, my oldest daughter, and my son. She didn't say to me, mom, send me your location. She turned on my location because she had figured out this heifer don't talk enough for me. I need to know where she is. And she felt a level of responsibility for me. I need to know where she is, not necessarily what she's doing. I just need to see where she is. And she did that. And she told me about it later because I sent her a message like, and she said to me like, oh, my location's on. She said that kind of stuff to me, but I wouldn't even know how to look for that. So I'm like, Okay, good for you. What does that mean? I don't know. So she said to me, I sent her a message and said, I'll be home in about an hour and a half. And she said, I know, see you soon. So she would, if I'm gone for a couple of days, she'll look at my location to see where I am. She'll, if I'm in Atlanta area, she'll send a message and say, tell uh faceless love hi you know that kind of thing you know so they she knows and now joya and quentin know too and they'll check my location and you know they if i'm i don't know how they decide if they're going to call or not but the thing about it is the children are so intuitive about getting stuff done that that's not something i pay attention to my thing is i would ask because i'm a this is my generation. I'm gonna pick up the phone and call you and say, where you at? What you doing? When you're gonna be such, I'm calling asking questions. She didn't need that information. She wanted her question answered and where I was, that was the question. She needed to know that I was safe. And I thought, well, good. And I never turned it off because I don't, I, I don't care. I don't have any secrets. My kids know I have a passcode on my phone. They all know how to get in my phone. Hell, Faceless Love knows how to get in my phone. My granddaughter gets my phone. Like they all have my passcode to get in the phone. You know what my kids know about my phone? They know, don't scroll through mom's pictures. <laughs> they have learned early on, don't go snooping through mom's pictures. Get on her phone, do whatever you're gonna do, whatever you're looking for don't look at her pictures because I'm very I'm a free spirit I'm open I don't 
body shame or hide anything. They know this about me. They know that about their mom. So if they want to use my phone for something, hey, let me see your phone for this, or I want to look for this or whatever. Here, look at it. That's it. I don't have a problem with it. Quentin got on my phone and changed it to black, the black screen and all this. And I'm like, why did you change it? And he's like, oh, it's going to be better for your eyes. You know, you already wear glasses. So he didn't, this, these are my kids way of taking care of me. They don't know he's not saying, Hey mom, can I do it? He's saying, I've read enough about this dark mode or whatever. Yeah. Dark mode. I've read enough about this dark mode to know that it's easier on the eyes you wear she my mom wears glasses she needs this and he get right got right in there and flipped it out switched it out for me and i'm like why'd you change my phone and then he's like it'll be easier on your eyes in dark mode whatever whatever that's the way that's my kids taking care of me right and i have to allow them to do that because i raised them to be aware of other people and they're aware of me so jasmine got my gps quentin has me on dark mode Joya, my oldest daughter, checks to make sure I have money. <laughs> Mom, you, are you good? Do you need any money? Do you need anything? And I'm like, really? I'm fine. You know, I got it. You know, I'm, I'm all right. Okay, I was just checking. Do you want to come spend the night with me? And, you know, her boyfriend's going to be out of town working. You want to spend the night for a couple nights? Or do you, you know, so I'm really, as I'm talking through this, I'm really pleased at their response to me. But I think we all get that response, but we have to trust the response. We have to trust that the millennials and the Zoomers have paid enough attention to us to see some of the things that we need that we may not realize that we need when it comes to the technology. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy about the Zoomers doing their thing. Dave Chappelle had a special, he has a special called 846. And that was the length of time that the um, officer was on George Floyd's neck when, before he killed him. And he said in there, my favorite line is that, uh, he said, um, the kids are driving now and I'm okay. And, and I just, when he said it, I was like, the kids are driving. And then I kept listening to him and I was like, oh, he's talking about the young people. It ain't us anymore. We've, we've had our fights, right? We've had our fight. We fought the power. We fucked the police. We've had our music that came in and changed things and turned it upside down and demanded justice and respect. We've had our battles. But now who's battling? The millennials and the Gen Zers. They're battling. And as the adults, we have to continue to pave the way, but give them the platform to battle. We have to get, make sure that their seat at the table is available when they're coming, when they show up to battle. That's what we do as parents. It, we don't have to sit back and just, we don't know what to do. We have to make sure that when it comes time for your son or your daughter or your other son or your other daughter or your niece or nephew, when it comes time for them to make a move, we have to be sure that we have literally paved the fucking way. If we haven't paved the way for those kids to move this nation forward, for them to do something, that's on us. That's on us. So when we look at our children and think they're not doing anything, they're not gonna be nothing, or we're fussing at them or beating them down or not speaking life. And when we look at them and we give them hell, stop. 
you stop right then and you look at yourself and think, did I give them everything they needed to make this necessary move? And if you can't say you gave it to them or you taught it to them or you showed them the way, that's on you. That is on you. So we, as the parents, we have to do that shit. And the millennials now, they're having the babies. I ain't having no more babies. Babies, factories, clothes. I ain't raising no kids no more. I got the ones I got and that's what I got. I'm not having anymore. But for you out there that's still having babies, you think about that. You got to make sure they have what they need. We're not, oh my God, I'm going to go over my time. I already know because I just had this thought about this conversation. We're no longer beating our children into submission. We're not beating them, telling them to do. You do what I tell you to do. We're not beating them anymore. That has passed. We're not raising another generation of slaves. Think about that. We're not raising another generation of slaves. We're not. These are free thinking people who are free to move and roam and do. We're not beating them into submission so that they can be within our box for us. That's over. We're not doing that anymore. And I was on a post on Facebook the other day and um, this guy said he was in a grocery store and he said, uh, somebody screamed at their child and said, um, put that back, I'm gonna beat your fucking ass in the store loud. And he was asked, he was like, can we stop this? And so of course I was like, yes, of course, please stop. I said, that's forced submission. That's, a, that's somebody telling their child I'm not going to tell you the right way to do it. And you're not worth my time explaining it, why it's wrong. You're just going to do what I tell you to do because it's easier for me to deal with you. Not thinking the child needs to develop their own critical thinking skills on how to do stuff. But if I can beat you or threaten you enough that you don't fucking move, then it's going to be easier for me. That's we can't do that to people no more. It is out. And y'all who y'all may disagree, but let me tell you something. You think of the way when we have our rants about slavery, you think of how the master got the slave to do what he wanted him to do. He beat the fuck out of him, threatened him, walked around, clocked his ass with a whip. Same thing, same thing in the house. Teaching somebody to submit forcing them to submit to you and the boomers see this shit now beat the kids down my generation got whoopings i didn't a few whoopings my generation's got whoopings some millennials got some whoopings and then parents get old and can't figure out why their kids don't want to take care of them because they don't fucking like you and they don't want to. You beat them. They're free of you. They resent you. Why do you think they want to be inconvenienced by your presence? They don't. And everybody wants to say, I can't believe they treat their mama so bad. I can't believe they treat their daddy so bad. And this and this and this. That's their daddy. They got to respect him and they got to be grateful. He, I'm You can't tell me to be grateful for my abuser abusing me. I don't care who it is. Your brain isn't set up in that duplicitous space. Love and pain don't go together. You can't beat the hell out of me, choke me down, 
beat me and then want me to come and embrace you so you can hug me with those same hands. That's fucked up mentally. Can't nobody do that. So the millennials having the babies, going to get your patience together. Get your grown up on. You keep growing. You keep learning. Have those tough ass conversations. That's going to teach your kids to be free. I know I'm going to have to talk about that next week because, baby, that was, ooh, that's a big one for me. Raising adults. The goal is to raise adults, not to raise children. You raise your children to be adults. You're not going to expect, you can't even think your child is going to go out in life and be successful when you've taught them to live inside of this box that you're capable of. You need a bigger fucking box. You need a box. You go learn something new. You, the parents, go learn something new so you can take care of these damn kids. I'm telling you. Anyway, it's 10 o'clock. It's a Wednesday, July 1st, 2020. I haven't been here in two weeks, but I had fun tonight. It's Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed. And mwah, I'll see you guys next week. And remember, when Joy is exposed, everything just feels better. Mwah. get out of this. <laughs> My computer just froze. Y'all just sit there and watch me for a minute. See if I can get this situated. Aha, I got it. <laughs>